0: Ah uh, yes, welcome to the Friday Form panel. It's not Jason Bonnington today, it's Tim O'Connor, joined by Dan Malecki. Can't wait to get stuck into a big program, That's one of my favourite songs, so thanks for, well thanks to Ollie for popping on a bit of Miley Cyrus. See, I'll welcome in uh, our very special guest, I heard his dulcet tones at Ballarat at Bray Raceway last night. Dan Malecki, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Tim, it's lovely to join you. Uh,
0: well let's we'll touch on Ballarat quickly uh I haven't felt many colder nights in Ballarat over recent years I'm sure uh you would have had that heater working overtime up in the callers box
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not one that really likes to overload the heater too much but it was a <laughs> necessity last night it was it was bitterly cold wasn't it Tim it just had all the elements for um the perfect day to be inside as opposed to to out it was raining it was windy and um the the temperature gauge said five degrees at about quarter past four and i know it certainly didn't climb but um they often give you a reading of uh of uh, what it actually feels like with a wind chill And, and i think it was supposed to be one or zero degree most of that time it felt every bit like it was freezing
0: yeah, it was a very cold night. Uh, before we get stuck into Melton Dam, we've got 10 races on the Saturday night program at headquarters. Uh, I was down at the track last night, and I, I ran into Greg Sugar and had a bit of a chat to him. Of course, he was back from Sweden. He returned home on Wednesday, straight to, straight back to work. Jess Tubbs, his wife, put him straight back to work. He had two drives at Bray Raceway, and he won them both. That was a, a nice way to return from what was a an enjoyable but pretty long trip away in Sweden.
1: I oh, no doubt there's uh, not really much better of a feeling than coming home after you go for a break, no matter how good it is. Um, but it just highlighted his class with the two drives last night, both of which were heavily back, weren't they? Something about Eilie and also uh, Space Rider. And, um, yeah, it's it's good to have him back. And uh, he's got some key drives tomorrow night as well.
0: Yeah, that is for sure. So um, before we hit race one, Dan, maybe just your thoughts Looking at this meeting, a 10-race card. The first goes at 4.57. Maybe just a holistic view of the, of the card. Um, my attention is quickly drawn to Queen Elida as the, the headline act, I guess. Um, she's not a betting prospect. I think she's a dollar $1.05. But uh, mm. what's your thoughts on the meeting on Saturday night? It's going to be a good, strong, competitive one, at least to my eye.
1: Yeah, well, we've been getting lots of value, haven't we? Lots of long-price winners that melt, and I'm sure the average... Uh, winning price has got, gone up significantly over the course of the last few months but Queen Elida might do something to steady that <laughs> she'll be a shorter price favorite as we'll see uh, at the trots and rightly so in her race which is later on so she's our marquee runner as I would uh, put it Queen Elida um, the three-year-old race is a good race a few um, a few egos were burst perhaps last time when a few of these met but uh, we might have a better uh, respect for Final Collect now, but horses like Dangerous and Louis Luai, I think they uh, underperform, they can improve. So that's that's one of the highlights on the program, I think. The free-for-all, uh, Torrid Saint comes out of the free-for-all, but I think he's a son of a gun. Um, will with a horse to beat, but it's good to have interest free back from, from a spell. Uh, so that's a decent race. Fiamma over the 1,200 metres will be... Probably the second shortest-priced favourite for the night, um, and looks very hard to beat in that. But has to take on uh, a different class of horse as to what she's been taking on, pretty much in her own grade and sex. And um, and the the mares' race is only a small field, but I think it's an intriguing race with two of Emma Stewart's runners, and can probably make a case for Key and Jackie on the way it went last start as well. And and even the second event with Ara Coe and uh chinese whisper first up bullion harry loxley lover it's a decent field but a couple of those horses are coming off um, perhaps below par runs at their last start so uh, and the first race, well, you know, the the bloke that won a hundred million dollars in in lotto, uh, he would have been faced with a challenge like this. This is this is a really tough <laughs> ask to first.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's a really good segue. We'll go straight into the very first event on Saturday night at four fifty-seven pm. It's the IRT Australia Pace. It's for horses four year old and older, restricted to those which have not won any race. Uh, of $15,000 or more you spoke about how hard this race is Dan $4.80 the fear we've got major collectors the current favorite at 480 the chancer at $5 drawn barrier 13 Zeus Dan at 6 guilty by the beach at 6 what did you say at 750 should be retro $8 Buster William 850 Delvy Robin 950 I was looking for the end of the uh, single figure runners that is it but yeah. uh an extremely tough race but these tend to be the case. The opening race on Melton is always a tricky little affair.
1: Oh, they are, aren't they? And that's good. There's, there's good depth, um, good, uh, good programming, um, good class of race or style of race. In this case, there's not really a class of race, is it? Um, so it's good to see that they, they can change it up a little bit. Uh, and there's a lot of horses that go there with winning chances. And the more uh, drivers that think they can win makes the race more competitive as well. I didn't know where to start. When I eventually started, didn't know where to finish as far as the chances were concerned. Um, I, I thought, what did you say, offered a really good chance. I thought first up, it was a, real, it was a solid run. We'll improve off that. And going through uh, the list of horses in there, while there are some horses that are in decent form, I thought, what did you say, had improvement to come more so than anything else in the race. So I thought he measured up well here from the front line and, and even you know, class-wise, he comes into it um, nicely placed. So, number four, what did you say? It, it's a tough race. Um, I thought that uh, Major Collect, definitely a chance since it's been driven as a sitsman. It gets back and it's been finding the line really well, but it needs a bit of luck. Maybe it can be driven off the gate this time, but it's definitely in the mix. I think uh, the nine who stands going well enough, uh, Delvey Robin you can make a case for, never seems to draw well, but thought it might be a bit of value uh buster william the tasmanian uh, looks as if he's well placed even sassiola and alexis rocket i can give chances too because of their draw alexis rockets going well enough and sassiola i think the better draw is going to help its chance at least to be a top four chance and and to be fair i, I need to mention these other horses uh guilty by the beach if it gets a run the chancer uh jillaby retro uh jeremy wells uh we made freeo and all the rage. Now, I know I've mentioned every horse in the race, but it'd be silly <laughs> not to, you know, That's because right. it's That's just right. that sort of race.
0: Yeah, uh, and of course, the $1,500 jackpots uh, are rolling onto this Saturday Night's card by the uh, thanks to the tab, Dan. So uh, I'm a punter that likes playing in these. I like getting a small percentage of a big first four, if that makes sense, as opposed to maybe a Jason Boddington who likes to really dive into those um, races where he thinks he can map them. I love trying to find the winner or, or maybe taking two horses to win and going really wide for the placing. So I could see this first four. Um, we've seen a couple north of $20,000 recently uh, across Victoria, even at, at regional tracks. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a big, juicy first four dividend here in the first race on the card.
1: And certainly a big, juicy first four pool. L- last week, uh, in all my time calling, I cannot remember... Certainly in the trots, it may have happened. It may have happened and I just wasn't there or simply I can't remember. Um, but a jackpot partial component of the Quinella, Exacta, Trifecta and First Four that all carried over uh, to the subsequent race last week at, at Milton and still provided a challenge because even though the, one of the shorter-priced favourites saluted in the race after Danamora, two of the ranking outsiders run, ran the placing. So it was still challenging enough, as it has been pretty much um, from about race five onwards at melton over the last few months it seems to get really difficult Uh, but i think it's going to be uh, with the first race tomorrow night as well my tips are four five nine and seven but i could offer chances to nearly everything else in the race it's difficult to work out uh, a speed map per se there's a lot of variations and that's a good thing Um, you can certainly find a winner or a place getter at good odds in the first and as you said, the lure of what would be, A, a good first four pull, but almost certainly a really good first four dividend as well.
0: Yeah, too right. Well done, Dan. Uh, you've never navigated your way through the first. We might take a quick little break, head into race two, which is the better vet trot. I'll throw back to Ollie. We'll take a break, and we'll be back soon with the Friday form panel, Tim O'Connor and Dan Malecki. Oh, Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel here, June 23. Dan Malecki and Tim O'Connor joining you for the next hour and 15 minutes. And Dan, we've gone through the first race. I think your numbers were four, five, nine, and seven in a very, very tricky start to the Melton card on Saturday night. We've got 10 races, one more than uh, at least the past few weeks. We've had nine race cards, but um, race two. Let's head into race two before we take our next little break and. Uh, look, we had $4.80 the field in race one. We've got a, a couple more pronounced runners in the market for the second race. The Better vet Trot for the horses rated 70 to 100. Aroa Koei is a $2.15 favourite. Chinese Whisper first up from a break for Andy Gath, $3.20. Loxley Lover, the Vic Broad Super Series Group 1 winner from late last year at $7. And then we go out to some of the longer rods chances in Baltica at 11. Majestal Bell at 14. Bullion Harry, 15. Anywhere you go 18, uh, we won't go through them all. But really keen to hear your thoughts here, Dan. Roha Coe was a horse. Uh, I was really taken by... In re- oh, maybe early in the campaign, and I remember w- watching Trots Vision one day. Dan and uh, Jason Bonington asked Chris Fernozio if this was the best uh, four-year-old trotter in his camp. Uh, I think he was hoping he'd, the answer, or he thought the answer would be, yeah, for sure. He goes, no, nah, I've got a better one. It's uh, called RC Phoenix, but uh, he's going really well this stable. There's probably no hotter stable in Victoria at the moment. This Fernozio stable. Do you see a Roha Coe winning the second race on the card?
1: Oh, I certainly can see him winning the race. He's the logical, uh, hardest to beat. But no, I've angled toward Loxley Lover, um, and I've got my reasons why. A third up, fitter. Um, Beck Bartley took off thinking that she was a good chance to lead last start, and, and the horse then couldn't lead. He, he went really quickly, fired up, and it was only the last little bit of the race that uh, he gave ground. So I thought his effort uh, was best forgotten, will improve. Two on the back line means he tracks through Arawakoe. And you're gonna get a decent price each way to find out Loxley Lover. So this is the race where he can bounce back at $7 each way. I just think it's a, it's a bet to nothing almost, rather than taking Arua Kohe at pretty much the the even money, or it's slightly better than that, $2.15 at the moment. Terrific value about Loxley Lover. Number nine, we know how good he is at his best. and. Um, I think there's every chance that he'll turn his last start around. It wasn't as if he was just disappointing without reason. I think there's good reason why. So, uh, nine on top for me, with Aruakohe hardest to beat. Chinese Wisp is very good. He is first up, and, and Bullion Harry's the other one who's going to represent good odds. Majestical Bell was impressive winning first up, albeit it was a stand start, but this is a tougher race, or at least it's got more depth anywhere. Hugo's going well. Baltica's first up, but has proven before that she can perform, uh, particularly at this level. So there are horses that I've got respect for. I don't want to discard or discount, uh, but I thought Loxley Lover was clearly the best value in that race. Clearly, I couldn't see how it could start $7 TMI. I um I would have thought at you know three dollars fifty three sixty three eighty maybe I I just think seven dollars is way over particularly when you come back him each way uh, I think he would have to go far worse than what he did last start to not figure in the finish here nine on top nine two seven and eight
0: really good push Dan uh, and I must agree with you uh, I mean I haven't done the form thoroughly like yourself but uh, it does look overs I'd be very surprised come race night or come start time, uh, at 5.32 on the card Saturday night, that if Loxley lover was $7, I'd be very surprised. And as you said, I think the perfect phrase, when you were giving your, your reasons, I thought you might drop the line, bet to nothing. It really is, isn't it? I mean, you'd be very, very surprised if he didn't run a place, at least.
1: Oh, absolutely. It, uh, around the $2 mark of play, well, he's $1.95 the place yeah. at the moment. But here's a horse that has beaten the best of his age groups. Uh, he's a Group 1 winner. Uh, he beat beat a really good bunch of four-year-olds at that time, and he simply like, third to ultimate stride first up, and then um, just got the tactics wrong, and then he over-raced second up. He would have been in need of that run coming from a stand to a mobile and here you wouldn't want to see him get exposed but even if he did end up without cover you know I, and i'm suggesting he might end up in that position but not by making a move whereas last start they charged around to try and get a better spot and it just didn't work out here even if he ended up without cover he's not darting around making a move to get there so he can save a lot of energy he'll be fitter look i can make a really good case for him it's, it's easy to make the case for Koe because you think it'd probably be able to lead uh, and therefore uh, perhaps be able to dictate just a matter of whether it can sustain a bit of that pressure that would come from the horses like Chinese Whisper and Loxy Lover. But yeah, the nine horse definitely overs. I'd be shocked if it didn't run about $4 or shorter.
0: Yeah, really good push there, I mean, We'll take a break in a second. Just good luck to Rebecca Bartley, too, who returns uh, to driving. She hasn't driven, I'm just looking back here, since the 11th of June. Uh, I'm told she had a bit of a wrist injury or hand injury, and she just wanted to rest that up. So you might have noticed uh, her not driving in recent weeks. But she, uh, yeah, I be very surprised if she forgave this one this has uh, been her first group one winner and uh, certainly one of the better horses she's ever driven let's take a break Dan we'll go uh, we'll go to a quick uh, little break here and we'll get back for race three on the card which is when I bring up my form guide the high gain pace you hear on the Friday form panel Tim O'Connor and Dan Malecki Great to have your company here on a Friday morning. Tim O'Connor joined by Dan Balecki working through the 10 race Metropolitan card at Melton Victorian Harness Racing Headquarters on Saturday night. Dan, we've gone through races one and two. Your tips in race two just gone nine, two, seven, and eight. A really good each way push for number nine, Loxley Lover. Uh, let's have a quick look at race number three the high game pace before we head to the news at around 11 o'clock dan we've got a very short price favorite here from the emma stewart stable major grace at a dollar 50 the opening price was a dollar 60 so punters have been happy to have a little nibble at that thinking that is value beach life the stablemate at two dollars sixty. They're really the two key principal runners in the market. We go out further to Kiang Jackie, Lottie Moon, uh, final piece. The other three runners in the small field of five. Uh, basically, it's probably. Of, uh, are you with Major Grace, or are you, are you which are you with Beach Life?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think Major Grace's run was terrific. Stepping up in class and got taken on a couple of times in the run. Uh, Kiang Jackie pushed her early, then regained the lead and then got uh, pressured again mid-race and I thought she did a fantastic job to to stick on and can only improve from that experience against our class. Uh, beach Life, perhaps a little bit unlucky not to finish closer, got inconvenienced halfway up the straight in the race that So What won last week. Um, Keyang Jackie uh, obviously needed a spell, went for a break, has come back and uh, the two runs have been okay the Encipher run first up was solid and and I thought it was an excellent run in the same race that Major Grace ran third and was able to blast the gate, press press the issue before taking cover and They were stretched across the track. It was a really good run, and i'm not discounting Key and Jackie, and at that price, twelve dollars, even if you can get the place price in a field of uh, five they're not up yet, but you might get some sort of really attractive place dividend to run one two for Key and Jackie. Uh, but I've put the three on top. Three, five, six, and uh, uh, two were my selections there.
0: Uh, well, the only one you've left out, Dan, is uh, Lottie Moon. And I was actually going to give a little push for Lottie Moon myself. Uh, maybe not a winning chance, but I thought uh, could run a race drawn well. I'd been backing her uh, pretty regularly all the way through until she finally won. Uh, she really put them away at our at one night. And I thought her run last start when running fifth was actually quite good as well. So... Maybe not a winning chance, but um, I wouldn't be leaving her out for at least third and fourth in your first fours if you're playing that way. Major Grace been going fantastic, though. Um, if any listen, if any owners of Major Grace are listening to the program, Dan, I've uh, I've got somehow I've ended up with the trophy of the George Johnson final in my car. So if any owners are listening of Major Grace, uh, more than happy to get that to you. I just happened to be in Tasmania the night she won that race, so um, I thought I'd throw that out there, Dan. Just in case uh, someone needed a paperweight going forward on their desk.
1: Obviously, where's the gold's one too many and uh, not as many <laughs> slots on the mantelpiece for trophies anymore. Either that or it's your way of saying it's not as good as mine.
0: Yeah, well, possibly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, couldn't, I couldn't go any sort of show without mentioning that horse. Um, we're not far away from the news then. We've gone through the first three races, but um, we'll, we'll attack the rest of the card shortly. Um, just a quick... Just a sort of 30-second recap on Just Believe, while well, we've got a moment. Uh, you would have watched all these runs in uh, in Sweden. It, it, it must, you must have been just as excited as everyone to see how well he went, particularly that last start in Buden.
1: Oh, absolutely fantastic. He got better with each run, and really, he was unlucky. He, he might have qualified, you know, for the elite lob if he didn't touch that wheel the first time. So put Australian trotting back on the map over there, and I think it was fantastic. probably career-best run last week.
0: Yeah, I think so. Time for the news. Dan Malerky, Tim O'Connor will be back with the Friday form panel. The rest of the card from Melton after this.
1: Ah,
0: doesn't that get you pumped up, Dan? It's uh, nice to be here on a Friday morning, the 23rd of June, Talking all things harness racing, in particular the big Melton Metropolitan card on Saturday night. I'm Tim O'Connor filling in for Jason Bonington this morning and I'm joined by Dan Malecki. the... Voice of Harness Racing in Australia, who will be calling on Saturday night, but he's also done the form very thoroughly, Dan. We've gone through the first three races. You're very keen on one at a nice price in race two, Loxley Lover at around $7 on the each way. Let's move to the final leg of the early quaddy. That's race four, of course, the Alabar pace for horses rated between 68 and 77. And this is over the 1,200 metres, Dan. I might get your thoughts on the 1,200 metre concept before we tackle this uh, interesting race, the fourth on the card at Melton.
1: Well, look, I don't mind the concept of the 1,200 metre races. Changes it up a little bit. There are extra options for horses. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, they're usually uh, challenging enough races, or at least they're open enough races. I know we've got a short one here, but uh, we'll dissect whether Dollar 22 is value for Fiamma or not. But... Um, yeah, I don't mind them and I particularly like them when they're the last race on the program because I know I'm going to get home potentially a minute <laughs> earlier than usual.
0: Well, yeah, speaking of that, I, I did have a, uh, my thoughts were with you last night at Ballarat. We've spoken about how cold it was there. I think you had two false starts in the last race. So that <laughs> would have been a disaster for all
1: involved. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because I know every time I go to the races, if there's going to be a false start, why it's more likely to be the last race, I do not know. Um, some people refer to it as Murphy's Law. I tend to think it's called Maliki's Law, but um, it, uh, it was, uh, yeah, probably a long odds-on favourite if there was going to be one. It was the last race, and we had two of them last night, but by that stage, I think you get, once you get so cold, there's only uh, you can't get any colder. We were in that zone by then anyway.
0: Yeah, well, there's there's, um, there's punting gods and there's certainly weather gods. The punting gods find a way for you to uh, miss the final leg of the quaddy with, with all bar one of the runners. But um, let's move on to this race, the 1,200-metre the Scamper. Uh, race four on the card, you spoke about Fiamma being a red-hot favourite. twenty has hasn't budged from that quote. There's been no market moves uh, in the early stages of betting Fiamma. Is the only horse in single figures. Art Jester at 11, also brutally handsome at 11 dollars. Celestio Matuka at 15. Springfield Affair 16. Irvine 16. Steel Screens at 18. And the despised outsider drawn barrier one. Our cheeky devil at 101 dollars. Dan, uh, I'm confident to say you'd be tipping Fiamma on top. But is there another way to play the race from a betting perspective? Is there a place bet on offer potentially?
1: Yeah, look at it. You're right. Looking for all of those things. I mean, can our cheeky devil run a place um, at 101? It's got to run because Zubri is is a scratching. Um, the, and those are the, the they're hard to work out because because they're 1,200 meter races. You can often find h- horses that are pushed out of the gate, or horses that you often think have got gate speed, but it's not good enough to cross the horses inside of them. And and that probably makes a better spectacle or a more competitive race, but. Um, I often look upon them dif- differently. I still haven't quite worked them out yet. Um, I'm trying to find something that I think is a good chance of beating Fiama, particularly uh, value-wise, but it, it, it's hard to come up with a confident case for something that can do it. Um, Fiama probably gets past our cheeky devil uh, comfortably, but whether or not horses like you know Brutally Handsome, who can get off the gate pretty good, Springfield Affairs left the gate well and quicker than I've expected on occasions. Um, so uh, that, that could make it interesting. But if Fiamma's in front, it's going to be very difficult to see something uh, being able to to run her down. So rightly, she's the horse to beat. No value. I do think it's a tougher race for her, though, Tim. Um, there's there's some handy enough horses in this, but I mean brutally handsome has performed well at a, at a really high level through some of the age group races, and I think that win last start it'll do his confidence a lot of good, and he's got a bit of gate speed to make it interesting enough in the early part. So I think he's a really good chance. Likewise, Art Jester, who seems to perform really well in these sorts of races, and Steel Screens, although being first up is a good short course horse, and uh, uh, his chance is probably more reliant on. Uh, how quick they go and you think in a 1200 hundred metre race they can only go, go one way but if the lead is sorted out by the first turn they can often get that first bend a little bit easier and I think that makes a huge difference to the way the race is run and the chances from out the back. My tips, I've tipped two, five, three and nine. The other one I could put in the mix there is Springfield Affair. And, and look, even you mentioned um, something at odds or first fours. I'd definitely be putting our cheeky devil in for third or fourth uh, in the first fours there. Fiama the one to beat, but um, I, I'm not expecting she could get too much shorter than $1.22.
0: No, uh, I agree with that. Uh, one, you, you haven't gotten your numbers, but I might throw in there as well. We, we've sort of covered a few for the placings. I thought Irvine was going well, Dan. I, I know that the Barrier 7 is not ideal, but... I struggle to really map these races anyway. I really, they're those sort mm-hmm. of race, anything can happen. Who decides to go, who doesn't? Um, yeah, I just thought Irvine could could figure. And I think he will be winning a race at some point soon when he draws a bit better and he finds the right race. I do think he's going well. So Irvine's one maybe to consider, at least from my part. Uh, that's the early quaddy done and dusted. Down. We might look at race five, the opening leg of the main quaddy. And I reckon, am I right in saying the main quaddy's at least had a component of a jackpot the last two weeks? I think it has. Um, Definitely last week there was an enormous uh, dividend and I think some carried over and I'm pretty sure the week before. Uh, Happy for anyone to text in and tell me otherwise, but uh, I'm not sure when the jackpot money will be seen. Definitely
1: the week before did, didn't it? Yeah, so you're probably right.
0: I think the last two have had... um, have had some sort of carryover, So they've been very difficult to get. And uh, yeah, you can play them wide with a bit of confidence. It's probably going to be a blowout, but let's go to race five, which is the waste sense blacks Are fake free for all. It's at 7.01 PM. As I said, the opening leg of the main quaddie over the 17, 20 meters, it is for the free-for-runners, rated between 90 to 120. Uh, interesting market here. There's been a bit of movement in the early part of betting, which you would expect when there's some good horses on display. Number five, he's a son of a gun, has been... or he's the favourite at the current point in time at $2.40. Out from $2, though. Number four, Serge Blanco, the second favourite at $3.20, has held that quote very firmly through the early part of wagering. Number nine, Tango Tara, been back from 10 into 6 uh, number three, Huli Nien in from $23 all the way into $10. So a good move for number three, Huli Nien. Interest free, Dan, who you spoke about first up from a decent spell. $10 out to 12 Number one, Vanquish Stride at 14 Yankee Gold at 14 Number seven, Perfect Stride, 21 And Yorkshire also first up from a spell for the McNulty Boys at $81. Really interested to see your thoughts here. It's a really good Blacks are Fake free-for-all.
1: Yeah, with Torrid Sainter scratching, uh, number 10. Uh, look, I think he's a son of a gun because he's drawn the front line. He can utilise his gate speed and uh, might be able to, to dictate the race. We've seen him perhaps uh, maybe not even at his best, but when he's in front, he can get that advantage um, on on the last start performance. So I've got the five on top. I, I, I wouldn't put all uh all my ammunition into the one uh race uh, to back him but I, I think he's the one to beat and rightly so um he's got the the circumstances i think that that suit him um i think tango tara looks a really good chance of getting into the top 4 surge so is a seriously good horse he's always looked like he's going to get to free for all level and he's he's mixing it with that company now and as a last start winner uh, he's definitely in the mix. I think perfect stride could be the improver. It's just a tricky draw that is a little bit off-putting. And, um, and interest-free first up, so you would naturally expect he's going to improve on the run. But from a cheap run on the pegs, just to be able to sprint home if there's a genuine speed, you know that he's good enough to figure. And then there are the other runners like Ahuli Nien, uh, who was terrific last time. Uh, Vanquish stride from a good gate. Yankee Gold, who really was only a sprint home, but have got a similar circumstances, able to get to the pegs. Might be able to figure as well. Yorkshire is first up, tricky draw, but he's a son of a gun. Number five for mine uh, 549 and uh, eight are my selections five four nine and eight the other one i, I would like to have put into the top four was Hooling Yin, and maybe i'll regret that i haven't done that I, I i just had a bit of difficulty trying to work out whether i slot interest free in top four getting a soft run and just weaving through and running third or fourth or Hooling yin who might actually be the better winning chance out of the two if that makes sense
0: yeah uh five doesn't fit into four that does it dan <laughs> in terms of selections um uh, I agree. Hulinian was really good, hitting the line hard, narrowly beaten last Saturday night. I'm probably siding with Tango Tara. I would have loved the $10, but uh, you spoke... i It's probably not a bet to nothing, but at $6 and $1.90, I mean, you're basically getting your money back to run uh, second or third, and you get a look at $6 a win. I thought he was going really well. He was runner-up behind Hurricane Harley in that, that race where we saw Better Isolate really catch the eye from back in the field, and... Um, Andy Gath was quick to tell me that, better, uh, that Tango Tara's sectionals were not far off that of Better Isolate on that occasion. Then he ran a good race, uh, beaten three metres to Serge Blanco last time out. Uh, good, solid back row draw. Uh, he'll get a nice run in the running line. And, yeah, I thought he'd run a race. So probably Tango Tara on the each way for me, Dan. That's the first half of the card, Dan. We might take a quick little break, refresh, and tackle race six on the card, the second leg of the quaddy, It's the Friday form panel. Tim O'Connor and Dan Malecki. Welcome back, Tim O'Connor filling in for Jason Bonnington and I'm joined by Dan Malecki. Dan's uh, a regular on this show and doing a wonderful job through the first part of the card. Dan, we've knocked over five races and we're about bang on halfway through the show. So I think I've nailed at least the run sheet at this point in time.
1: Oh, spot on! It was never in <laughs> doubt. I had to dollar oh four.
0: No more time for uh, for laughs. So we've got to keep going. Uh, race six on the card is the Highland Race Colors Pace, 7:33 p.m. Over the 2240 meter trip. It's for horses rated between 78 and 89. We've got an odds-on favourite. It's number five, Imperials. Reason for Emma Stewart and Zach Chappenden, a dollar seventy-five. Gillaby Nitro, the second elect, at five fifty. Pull the other leg, sixteen dollars backed into eight fifty. Number nine, Joni, in at nine dollars. Ultimate Vinnie at ten. Mighty Flying Art, the pole marker, at nineteen. Platinum Stride, nineteen. Arg at twenty-three. And the outsider of the field is number four. Where's Seggy at twenty-six dollars? Imperial's reason, Dan, very impressive last start. It's a horse I can never catch though. Um, I'm not sure if you're in the same boat. I couldn't take a dollar seventy five, but he's certainly a winning chance.
1: Yeah, look, um, uh, the the first up run, I suppose, well, she couldn't pace properly really, but um, they quickly ironed that out and was able to get to the front dictate and win impressively. So that might well be the key. and we've seen her before, be most unlucky in races. Uh, got plenty of ability, uh, probably the one to beat. No, as you said, no value. I, I think Jellyby Nitro, now that he's found winning form, is a much better chance. But what, what do they do from the draw? Because they're prone not to press forward with him anymore. And if that's the case, he needs a genuinely run race. And maybe Imperial's Reason can provide that. But often uh, a horse like Imperial's Reason, if it does lead... Uh, you'll want to be on the pegs when she's running through strong sectionals. But Jellybean Nitro out of uh, the winning um, stall for a long time and did win uh, with uh, with something in hand. It was a comprehensive victory uh, last start. Joni N was terrific last time as well. I think comes into this race nicely placed and uh, and Mighty Flying Art from the draw might be a, a chance as well. Pull the other leg um they've been driving it from behind as well um it's obviously got the gate speed and perhaps it looks an attractive draw to, to ha- have a crack at going to the front but if imperial's reason is able to, the easier that she gets to the front um will, will have a, a the, the 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 result of the race uh, might be forlorn if, if if she's able to get there comfortably but sometimes she's her own worst enemy uh, so I've got the five on top, but probably a race where I'd be happier to have a, a nibble on the seven and the nine, Jellybee Nitro, Journey and and maybe even Mighty Flying Art, who's not going badly. Um and, and from the draw could be a good first four chance. So five, seven, one and nine.
0: Five seven one nine for you there. I might just press you on a couple of other runners, Dan. Um Ultimate Vinny, uh, he was Jason Bonington marked him a $26 chance on his form analysis I thought that was a bit of overs and I'm I'm not surprised to see the tab open at 9.50 out to 10, I think that's about his right price but I was really taken by his last run, last start. you might look at it and go 5th of 10 beaten 9 metres but um, I reckon if Taylor French had her time again she might have pulled out in front of Cobber from memory the eventual winner of that race and Ultimate Vinny got dragged back in that race and then had the tenacity to come again, and he hit the line really well. There was no sectional's available for that race, believe it or not, the only race that didn't work. So I can't uh, help anyone there, but at least to the eye, he ran home nicely, and, of course, we've seen him win a a race, a good race at Melton recently up on the sprint lane, and he won that uh, tender print final at Mildura. I thought he might be one, despite the bad draw, that could figure maybe at odds at around $10.
1: Sure, you make a good case for him, and... um he, uh, Connor Clark takes the drive here. This is a horse that's got a bit of gate speed and Connor's very good at getting them off the gate, I find. So it would be interesting to see if uh, part of the tactics is pressing forward because we've seen him do that before. And if he did blast off the gate, attempt to cross them, um, keeping in mind that pull the other leg has often been driven with a sit lately. And, um, and Imperial's reason, I wouldn't say he's a brilliant beginner. Uh, he might be able to get across... And then potentially take the trail if Imperial's recent goes up. So you, um, I might have to factor him into the mix there. I think you've, uh, you have you might have um, come up with uh, something that we all have to um, take into account. Um, yep, I think you make a good case for it. You certainly won me over.
0: <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a start. Um, that's who I wanted to win over. Uh, Platinum Stride's probably the other one that, I mean, I don't know if this is his race, but I've backed him. His last three stars from memory he has gone runner-up, runner-up runner-up. I'm Reading a little article this week, Dan, he's obviously not going to um, find the top. At least Shane Sanderson doesn't think so. And he's just looking to to find a nice spot in running. And the 1-1 would be ideal. And he could figure. I'd be surprised if he won. But he's won at $19 if you're uh, having these first fours where there's a $1,500 jackpot that I'd be including as well. Arg, probably just a touch out of form. Where Seggy, uh, a nice horse on his day. Really good race. Um... Just going back to Imperial's Reason, um, I remember watching this horse. I was on track at Birchip one day, going back, uh, well, two Birchip Cup days ago, and he was trained by a, a man called Paul Fidge. And I'd never heard of Paul, but Imperial's Reason came out and won by about twenty meters uh, in a heat yeah. of a in a heat of a race, and he went to Charlton and basically doubled that margin. He won by about thirty. So I don't know what's happened since. He's the horse has obviously been moved to the Emma Stewart's stable, but he's shown a, a good amount of ability for a long time, hasn't he?
1: I know now it is a mayor though but um yeah I've, absolutely I've done
0: it again apologies uh she
1: she the, there's um, uh, a number of mayors that Emma has been able to split up because of the depth in those uh the ranks that uh well her stable anyway and she, doing a super job Emma and Clayton just to break them up so they don't clash and as a result I think you forget they're actually mayors because they seem to be taking on the boys all the time and Imperial's reason I can't remember the last time she was just in mare's company to be truthful so um i think you can i can forgive you for that um yeah look uh, come a long way um still got every now and then you'll see something within her the way she paces that is not perfect but clearly when she puts it all together uh, she's very good but it's not the only mare that fits that sort of category that emma is uh, um taking the races tomorrow night the the horse and the race after is probably more challenging
0: that's right. Imperial's Reason. That that name suggests to me a male name. I don't know why. It's just got in my head as <laughs> Imperial's Reason uh, is a Sweet boy. Sweet Passion
1: a, does that to me. You know, the um, horse that's trained by yes. um, uh, Maddie Craven. I, I've always had it in my mind. It, it was a filly, So I've made that mistake a few times as well.
0: Yeah, it's um, some just get stuck in your head. But see, she is certainly a she. She's a five-year-old mare. She's had 34 career starts, 10 wins. Uh, and she's with the Emma Stewart Stable. Dan, Although might...
1: these days, though, you've got to be thinking it won't be long before the horses <laughs> can be listed as non-binary now, yeah. too.
0: <laughs> that's not bad, actually. Uh, and that's not a million to one, either. Um, uh, <laughs> just before we take the news, Dan, we might just hold off on going uh, to race seven. I was speaking to Andy Gath. Earlier this week, and um, got a bit of an update on Catch a Wave. He is very nearly ready to step back out in the public eye. I think and he's hoping to trial him at Melton maybe two weeks, if not three. So we will see him step out of the trials very soon, and then he'll have, I'd say, at least two runs heading towards the Eureka, the big slot race at Manangle on September 2. I tell you what, uh, the promoters of this race would be wrapped with the way this is shaping up Leap to fame's doing wonderful things in Queensland Captain Ravishing we know how good he is and, and catch a wave you know coming off a chariots of fire a miracle mile victory this race is up as an absolute beauty
1: yeah no doubt I, I made a comment just recently that um, as far as uh, interest in harness racing and maybe even quality of field it may well be the best harness race since 2000 and look there might have been others in between that come close but um as a bit of water to go on bridge when you consider we're talking about it the way we are, and um we're in winter and we're we're talking about a race that's running in september um it's the race we're looking forward to and the, there's only one regret I've got Tim, and I might be shared by a lot of other victorians and that's that the race is not at melton
0: yeah well um yeah, i agree uh, I have uh, suggested to my lovely wife that. I may be heading towards Sydney that weekend. Uh, she rolled her eyes and said, uh, "Whatever." So I think that's a yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm even considering um, asking the powers to be whether they uh, thought of a Victorian to call it, um, considering that it was a Queenslander and uh, a Victorian that are hitting the markets. And I'd be more, you know, non-partial as being the person from uh, going up from Victoria. I uh, I might put my hand up as well
0: well i'm happy to drive you uh and unlike jason Bonnington, you could share the driving with me <laughs> yeah,
1: that's not a problem <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yeah it's going to be great of course uh, we've had a victorian caller uh, head across uh, to sweden to call a race lick did a great that's job right. calling that meeting didn't he
1: yeah he did indeed and um uh and good on him too it was it was his idea and uh, we were able to organise something for him. But uh, the Eureka, uh, the tab Eureka is going to be much talk. Well, it has been already, hasn't it? I mean, you'd swear it was on next week. We're, you know, we've got the Queensland Carnival to get through. So, yeah, it's going to be the, the big race. Uh, and hopefully it's the first of many clashes between all of those top four-year-olds.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I just had a message through from Toby McKinnon, who's listening to the show. Uh, he tells me that Imperial's reason is named after, or you know, named in line with the Narandra Football Club, the Imperials. So there we go. Thanks, Toby, for for that one. Darren Carroll and Steve Cleve also listening in. Thanks for the kind words, guys. We might take a news break, Dan, and we'll come back with race Seven. You're listening to the Friday Form Panel. We've got half an hour to go. Tim O'Connor and Dan Malecki. You win some, you lose
1: more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
0: Oh, that's a great song, and I reckon, Dan Malecki, that was the song that they played. Karen Manning told me when she went out onto the track in Norway, I think they played that as her theme music when she was over there all those years ago with Night Pistol.
1: Really? Oh, wow, that's fantastic. It'd be pretty special for, uh, for Karen uh, to remember that song, and uh, anyone that, uh, it's funny, nobody that I knew had any idea about yachting, and yet that's a song that's famous for the America's Cup as well, and... I feel like the band was named after us as well, men at work.
0: <laughs> That's right. A couple of real uh, real top-notch workers chipping away on a Friday morning. Dan, we're through six races. You've given us a great insight to all those races. We're on to race seven, the third leg of the quaddy. It's the Sulky Dot App, the Future of four Metropolitan Pace Final. It's at 8 p.m. It's over the 2240-metre trip uh, for horses rated between 70 to 79 uh, we've got a, an interesting market here. Uh, horse 13, Beach Memories, is the favourite, $2.70 into $2.30. Magnetic Terror at 460. Number 12, raw for Roscoe, 650. And we go back to the double-figure horses. Number three, Holy Basil at 12. Dalugiri at 13. Our Uncle Jim, 19. Aussie Playboy, 19. Cemetery Bay, bless his soul, at $19. Uh, I'm Shadow Boxer, 19. Valachi, 19. Irvine, 21, belittled 26, and the ruffier of the field, number one, bet on the Tiger at 41. Dan, a really interesting race. Uh, how do you see it?
1: Yeah, look, um, I can make cases for a number of horses. Uh, Beach Memories is not really the most reliable, but she was fantastic last week, and to be fair to her, she's been... She's been really good. I mean, part of her problems are often in the score-up and she can be too far behind, but she can sustain a run, can't she? Mark Pitt just went with it last time and the start before and was absolutely fantastic, had everything else off the bit and was uh, was too good. But it's still a challenge from outside the back row, particularly when you're off and giving them a couple of lengths start, are going to have to work around them, most likely be caught without cover. If there's more traffic... Um, It's just, it's a harder run in transit. But I I just couldn't pick anything else with greater confidence to beat her, even though I still think collectively um, something can beat her or she can become vulnerable. Raw for Roscoe, um, I think Juanita Breen in, in a sense was punching through and got to such a good spot, was almost obliged to do what she did. And it was a decent run under the circumstances. Considering Raw Ferrosco was second up after only a 1,200 metre run, he might be the one that uh, represents the better value here, Uh, a different style of drive, the fact that he's had an extra run under his belt. He can come on in leaps and bounds. So I think he's a terrific chance, certainly a winning chance. Magnetic Terror was terrific in the race against Beach Memories. And again, that advantage of drawing the front line, particularly if he was able to work his way towards uh, the top, because Beach Memories might have more traffic to contend with this time. And uh, I think I'm Shadow Boxer is just that sort of horse that gets a chance to, to to run into a place at big odds, and if they overdo it, he might be a blowout chance. Geary, uh, a horse that showed plenty of ability of the ex-Kiwi, and I thought he was pretty good last week. I know it was the blowout race, and you, you tend to put a line through that cemetery bay, and, and Geary form simply because they were at 100-to-1. Or so. uh, but I certainly think Dollar is in the mix, particularly from uh, its draw. The Dean Braun pair, our Uncle Jim was good. Uh, Holy Basil has to improve off that run. So this race um, has got... Uh, it's opened up a little bit, I think. I'm not sure if I've got it right, but I've got the 13 on top of the 12. The 12's probably the more attractive to back each way, and the one I'm more likely to suggest could be more reliable uh, but the 13 could blow them away again. 13, 12, 6 and 8 with cases for a number of others.
0: 13, 12, 6 and 8 for you, Dan. It's probably uh, being a leg. Like I'm one and I know you are as well. That when we do take quarties, we don't just take one. We take a few with different variations. It's probably a beach memories one out job in one ticket and then six or seven in the on another. Is that fair to say? That would be a good way to play the quarty?
1: Oh, I think that's certainly one of the one of the scenarios. Um, uh, yeah, for a lesser amount, that's for sure. Yeah, because I mean, this was a heat of this race provided the 101 winner last week, which of course was Cemetery Bay. And here you are, you're going to have a horse that started at that price last week, go around at a, a pretty long price again. And uh, even a raw for Roscoe, who, who I think he might have drifted out late, but he was pretty much even money and betting all the way through. And you know, I can find genuine reasons why he can get better from that run last week with drift, different driving tactics and the fact that he's still early on in his preparation. You'll find that he's at good value as well. So, um, definitely a race where I'd be taking a B and potentially a C quaddy.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. Let's move on to race eight before our next breakdown. It is the happy 60th Jeff Ewing three year old pace. It's over the 17 20 metre trip. It's well, obviously for three-year-olds, uh, and it's drawn a really good field of three-year-olds. You spoke off the top of the show about this being one of the highlights of the card, and I certainly agree with you. We've got our Vinny as a three-dollar twenty favorite for Emma Stewart. The second line is occupied by Louis Luai for Chris Nocio and Ross Payne at three seventy. Chivalry at four forty. Final collect a blowout winner from last weekend at four eighty. Uh, dangerous, the eight at $5. And then, uh, well, they're the runners in the you know, in the top part of the market. And then three horses aren't really given a chance by punters. Number three, another Nien, end, 51. Aussie punter at 71. And Edward Grange drawn the pole at 150 to one. We've had a lot of roughies uh, outside uh, or massive outsiders drawn the pole. So there could be one or two sneak through down into third or fourth that could inject some value into those first fours. But how do you see this race? I am giving Louis Luai another chance. Uh, he certainly had issues last time, out. I spoke to the Connections and I think there was a sense that he uh, may have choked down there. I was ultra keen on him that night and I've uh, I've got a new rule in my punting. I forgive at least one run, so I'm going to go again Louis Luai. I think he's a really good horse.
1: Yeah, I, I, and look, I'm, I'm similar here with Dangerous. Um, not that it was necessarily a bad run. Um, Louis Luai's run was too bad to be true, so you know there had to be something not quite right. Uh, dangerous. I can find reasons why um, he, he just worked a bit and was exposed a bit too early. He can get a bit keen and he weakened the last 50. It wasn't very good, but he, he'll improve off that run. These are a good bunch of horses. Uh, our Vinnie and Final Collect. Final Collect was able to capitalise on a pretty good run to win it. Now Vinnie's a decent horse with a better barrier draw. So I think there you main four, um, but I'm, I'm leaning to Dangerous. Uh, but I was tossing up between Dangerous and Louis Luai here. Dangerous... I've got a lot of time for him. He's still not the furnished product, but I, I get the feeling he will be in due course. Um, he is drawn inside the back row here and and look, it might be the sort of race where a uh, driven cold trying to come with one run, it might suit him and might be the best thing for him going forward. Um, as opposed to last time, uh, he, he just seemed to get clear air too, too quickly. He, he got really keen down the back and you know, he hit a brick wall at the 100. He really was weak to the line. But under the circumstances, I think I can understand why, and I think he'll benefit from it. Uh, but our Vinny on speed, he might get a really good run if he's able to work to the top. Louis Luai has been driven pretty much cold, but he finds the line really strongly. He's a very good horse. Um, and I think final collective, he's able to beat these horses um, uh, like he did last start. I think we've got to respect him again. Pretty handy horse in New Zealand, and on New Zealand form, would have gone around at much longer odds than you would have thought, but such was the depth last start. I I like the eight, particularly in the field of eight. I know I tipped at last start and I was really keen on him and I don't often like getting stuck into a horse that has let me down at their previous start, but... I can find reasons because it's still early on in his, in his preparation that he can turn this around. It just might take a, a, a an alteration to the driving tactic with him, and maybe the barrier draw lends itself for that to happen. So, eight, six, four, and five.
0: Eight, six, four, five for you, Dan. Uh, yeah, I was speaking about the, these horses running last week. It was actually two weeks ago. Things have all blurred into one. Uh, just a, a little further push before we take a break uh, for your tip dangerous. We we had John Dunn write a story. Uh, and We put it up on the thetrots.com.au uh, through the week, Dan. And I might just read a couple of comments because Shane actually speaks about that last run. He said he was traveling nicely on the home turn and then didn't finish off, but he blew up a bit after the race. So I have to put my hand up to the fact he got away from me, second up and without a trial. We got his blood done after the race and fixed a few little things and he'll be fitter this week. So... I'm sure you're very happy to hear that. It looks looks like Shane's tipping a much better run, or at least a much uh, fitter dangerous this time around.
1: Yeah, I look, I think all of that, and, and potential different driving tactics as well. I think you probably err on the side of caution third up to not expose him so early, regardless of how forward you think he's gonna be. But w- when you look at the horse, he's a lovely looking horse. He mm-hmm. just gives yes. you the impression that he's gonna turn into a, a, a top liner. So. I know he's got to make that next step. There's a few others in the race that are in the same boat, but um, he's a a lovely style of horse. He's got a beautiful pacing stride, but he can get keen at times. So um, I think they've got a a bit of a project that might be that easy initially, but I think it'll be worth its weight in gold eventually. And um, I've got a lot of time for Dangerous. I think he's a group one horse.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And Shane Sanderson certainly put him, uh, at least in my conversation with him, right up there with the best horses he has trained. Dan, really good push for Dangerous. I'm really keen on Louis Luai. I'm happy to take on our Vinny just a little bit. So in my cotty, I might even sort of take one with Louis Luai and Dangerous and, and then obviously an alternative one. But I'm happy to play... Uh, the six and the eight predominantly, as are you. Let's take a break, Dan. We'll take one more break. We've got races nine and ten to come at Melton, and then we'll get our best. And I think you're going to give us a multi. It's the Friday form panel, Tim O'Connor and Dan Malecki. Friday form panel, Tim O'Connor, Dan Malecki. We've got two races to go to preview on the Melton card on Saturday night, Dan. And this is maybe not from a punting perspective, but... From a harness racing lover's perspective, the highlight of the night, we've got Queen Elida as a $1.05 favourite in race nine. The hip pocket workwear, Castlemaine Matriarch Trot, a group three event for the four- and five-year-old Trotting Mares. So We need to whip through these last two, and it's probably a good race because I, uh, I don't think we need to talk too much more about her. She'll be winning, won't she?
1: absolutely uh queen Elida should be a stroll in the park for her lady adelia was terrific chasing her last start and looks at the logical horse to run second elder baron keeper and improver fitness wise and or ebony's avenger third and fourth but um five three what have i done? five three two and four.
0: Five, three two four for you in race nine um i'm just looking further down the board there's not really much more i can offer and even in the way of uh, first fours and and trifectas Uh, it's probably and this this is hard for me to say Dan I don't like missing many races without having something on financially Uh, this is probably one where I'll just sit back and enjoy
1: yeah I was hoping that you'd go first and give me a bit of a push here I I think this is a really tough race Um, I think the eight horse looks well placed uh, to come over for a race of this type that's Royal Speech uh, let's make tracks. I think it's got room to improve there from that gate. Uh, nine guilty by the beach is going really well. And, uh, and the other one in the mix is, uh, is number seven. I'm Jimmy James. So 8397. It's a tough race. Look for any market moves. I think the lead up to that on Trots Vision will be or could be significant.
0: Give us those again, Dan. Eight three nine seven.
1: Is that correct? That's right. Eight three nine and seven. I had a good look through, and I really couldn't um, exclude any horse from being at least a top four chance. The barrier draw really evens it out. Should have been a twelve hundred metre race. It would have been just as hard.
0: I did. I did check that. It's not. It's over the twenty two forty. Of course, it's the Allied Express Pace we're talking about. Race ten, the final event on the cut at nine twenty. A nice early finish for those involved. Um, Maybe one I could just throw in the mix, Dan. Um, You've got 8397. Is number six. Um, I think he's going to be a nice horse, Pesci. Um, I know Sean McNulty, the trainer, has a bit of an opinion of him, and he's run pretty well the early stages through the early part of this campaign. At $11, uh, you wouldn't completely uh, put me off him, would you?
1: No, not at all. You could have come up with any horse in this race. Even a rock and roll jet from the draw could still run top four, even though it's the rank outsider. Rock and roll Waller, horse that ran, well, won its first three starts. Again, decent gait, gets Greg Sugars. Um, You know, Seaside Sisters, top four chance. Captain Maastricht, he's often in the money, isn't he, or around the mark. So they've all got chances here. It's, It's more that Royal Speech has got a lot more exposed form. Coming from South Australia, and a lot of it we don't know that well, but it's decent form and I think it's the right sort of race for it. Sometimes I envisage a race that looks difficult because you're thinking of them as being a metropolitan horses or they're stepping up in grade to a metropolitan level, but effectively... You know, in my own head, I'll I'll try to put this race at Bendigo on a Wednesday night and then try to get some more clarity out of the depth of the field to a horse that might be well placed. And when you look at it that way, you can see some of these horses being able to win in town. It is a $10,000 race, so effectively it could be run at one of the the, um, country tracks. So Royal Speech, from that perspective, looks pretty well placed.
0: Yeah, I know Darren Carroll, there's plenty of Darren Carroll followers uh, here on SCN Track and he is keen on number two rock and roll Waller who uh, gets the services of Greg Sugars. Of course, Greg uh, is back in the country after uh, about a month in Sweden with Just Believe running three races over there. He returned to driving last night at Ballarat for those that didn't tune in. He had two drives, Something Bad Eily or Something Bad Eily, and Space Rider and he won them both uh, on a very, very cold night but... Uh, I would have expected nothing less from the great man and he did walk past me Dan uh, in, through the bistro and I said easy game this, he said it's like I never left so uh, he's got his <laughs> confidence up anyway
1: <laughs> and so he should too I think um, in the end uh, he could be very proud of what he and his horse was able to achieve the the, the learning experience and um, and then to, to come back on a freezing cold night. I, I wonder, uh, you'd think he was getting closer to the uh, to the Arctic Circle, but it would have been far warmer there, wouldn't it? And would have been at Ballarat last night.
0: No, I reckon. Uh, just before we take our final breakdown and come back with our best bets and uh, potentially a multi for Saturday night. Can I just draw your attention back to the Quaddy? Could we have a real quick look at the Quaddy just for a minute or two? Uh, obviously kicks off race five on the card. And just a reminder, these have paid uh, huge dividends yeah. the last couple of weeks. So don't be afraid to go wide. Um, race five, if you had a, a quick look, is that, is that a quaddy leg that you're going to play wide in or h- how wide would you go? Uh, he's the son of a gun, the favourite, of course.
1: Yeah, look, you could almost have confidence where you could take him one out, but I'm not saying it's the only quaddy you're going to take. But if you layered your quaddies or were that way inclined, uh, five, he's the son of a gun, four, Serge Blanco and nine, Tango Tara. And then perhaps on the next line, Huli Nien and eight, interest free. So it's almost my A, B and C um, in order to, to attempt to be alive after race one because there's only one thing more and uh, more uh, frustrating and sometimes embarrassing than missing the quaddy and that's missing the first leg.
0: <laughs> to right, really quickly, let's work through the last three legs. Imperial's reason one out, or are you going a bit wider there?
1: Yeah, look, again, if you were um, structuring your quaddies to take a few of them and, and get extra units, I'd say that's one one way you could look at it. But I think Chillebree Nitro and inner they're, they're must to, to be put in, and then uh, perhaps Mighty Flying Art if you're trying to get that value. So with my tips are five, seven, nine, and one. And you made a case for Ultimate Vinny who... Maybe he's the other one you can consider putting in. But if you wanted to go narrow, had little funds, the, the one to go uh, short with is Imperial's Reason.
0: And the final two legs, Dan, races seven and eight, Beach Memories, and our Vinny, the favourites there.
1: Yeah, Beach Memories definitely rule for Roscoe. Uh, if they were the two, I would narrow it down too. But because they're drawn outside the back row in a big field... Um, they only have to have a little bit of bad luck and Magnetic Terror similarly, it's, it's the other one that's well in the mix, that you can include some of those other horses. They're going to be driven like they're 50 to one shots and it's the right sort of race for that sort of horse to be able to win. Dollar Geary, I'm Shadow Boxer, Cemetery Bay was it a fluke last week, can it do it again? It was a decent performance. So Holy Basil's fitter and unc- our Uncle Jim. So again, um, getting pretty wide there, but uh, to the narrow one, I'd, I'd be 13 and 12 and, and with respect for the six as well.
0: And the final leg, uh, just quickly, uh, probably Louis Luai and Dangerous we're leaning towards, aren't we?
1: Yeah, look, I think Alvini. Uh, he'll probably start the favourite. So if you have him in there, at least if you've got it going for a good amount, it gives you an opportunity to perhaps save on a final collector or chivalry. But I like the eight and the six primarily from the four.
0: Let's go to a break. We'll be back with the final segment on the Friday form panel. We'll see you soon. Tim O'Connor and Dan Malecki. And the
1: best.
0: Here are the panel's best. take it away dan your best for the melton card on saturday june 24 tomorrow night what do you like
1: yeah well it's a, it's a night i haven't really um honed in on on anything as a as a good thing straight out there's a few short priced favorites there that i'm i'm not you know i'm not suggesting you shouldn't take them in all ups and the like but i'm very keen Locksley lover at the value race two number nine so that's each way and dangerous as well which is race eight number eight so Race two, number nine, and race eight, number eight are my best bets, but you can get each way odds about both of them, so I suggest to do that each way.
0: Well, I'm going to take you on. Race eight, number six, Louis Luai, my best of the night, giving him one more chance, and, yeah, he's at a nice price, I think, 370 uh, in a good race, but um, I'm uh, yeah, I'm yeah confident he will bounce back, Dan. Multiculture. Have you got a quick multi before we head off and say sayonara?
1: Yes, indeed. All up. My two best bets. Race two, this is for the place. Race two, number nine, Loxley Lover. Race eight, number eight, Dangerous. All up the place. And, you know, you could well be dealing with about 370, 380, that all up.
0: We might have to have a little side bottle of wine on the, uh, on the race eight, Dan. We're, we're going head to head.
1: We should have one, even if we didn't have a head to head.
0: All right, let, let's do it. Really appreciate you jumping on, Dan. Hopefully I've filled the gap all right for Jason Bonnington. That's been the Friday form panel. Hopefully we've found your 10 winners. Enjoy the coverage on Saturday night.